Today's show is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. And whether you are traveling around the world constantly going to amazing locations like above the Arctic Circle or Alaska or all these crazy places that today's guest Sherry has gone to, or whether you just need a backpack to take with you on that weekend trip to Ohio, Tortuga Backpacks are the ones that I've been using over the last three years to go with me wherever it is that I go. I highly recommend them. You want to go check it out over at tortugabackpacks.com. And don't forget, if you pick up an order, to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, and that will get you 10% off anything that you order. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 189. Alaska is the only state's name that can be typed on one row of a keyboard. What the heck does QWERTY mean anyway? Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today's episode is part two of my interview with Sherry Ott. And if you haven't heard part one yet, you're going to want to go over and give that a listen first. We touch on a variety of subjects, including the region of the world that is very surprisingly super into gin and where Sherry learned that she had been making gin and tonics the wrong way for the last 20 years. I was very surprised by this. I love gin. I did not know any of this. So we talk about that. We talk about why and how Sherry decided to leave her lucrative New York City career and what her friends and family thought about it when she decided to do it, how she has turned that trip into a career break that has lasted over nine years and counting, and she's also been able to turn it into a business. So we touch on a lot of great things. Sherry is one of the preeminent bloggers in the travel blog space, so you want to go check out part one of my interview with her. You can get that on iTunes. You can get that on Stitcher. Of course, you can get that on Jabbercast, which is the new podcasting app that I am using and loving. And of course, you can get it at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. That's where all our podcasts live. 188 episodes, now 189, all right there at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pod. So right now, let's roll into part two of my interview with Sherry Ott from ottsworld.com. Yeah, there will always be ways to, to spin the positives, and they will be positive. It's not like you're lying about this, but there's ways to highlight the things that you're going to learn that aren't always able to be put on a resume. And I I do think you're right that, that companies are really starting to buy into this, but it is going to be slow going. And, and you know, of course, we hear about the companies like Apple and Google and stuff like that. You go in, maybe ask for a career break there, and they're like, yeah, go off. But I mean, most of us don't work for companies like that. We work for maybe more traditional uh, type of companies. But I think also 
having an example maybe of someone who has done it. And I know that's one of the things that you guys do at Meet, Plan, Go. And, and I, I want you to explain what Meet, Plan, Go is a little bit and then talk about having an example. Because if you could go into your boss and say, listen, someone at this competitor's company went and did this and here's what they did. I mean, that's going to perk their ears up too because it's a competitor or or a, bi- or a sister business, whatever it is. You're giving them real life examples. Yeah. And that's always good. I agree. And the nice thing is in today's world, it's pretty easy to find those real life examples. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you asked about Meet, Plan, Go and, and what it is. You know, it started, we started it in 2008, I believe. And it started because of this back to the beginning, that book that I had that was UK based. I really was, I always had in the back of my mind, like, why isn't there a resource like this for Americans? You know, because we have a very different and weird way that we look at work and um, work-life balance. And, you know, we wear work kind of, you know, as, as this badge of honor, which other countries don't necessarily. (laughs) So anyway, it it just, I wanted to have a resource that was more kind of American, North American based using our terminology, you know, encompassing our culture and what our, our hurdles were because they were different. Um, so started a website, uh, meet plan go actually it started as briefcase to backpack, which I still love that name. But yeah, um, that's cool. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, the idea was resource. So it was really kind of we provided inspiration by sharing stories of other who, others who did it because I think that's really important. And we provided just a whole bunch of planning, you know, like here's the steps you can go through as a as an adult trying to um, put your life, your adult life on hold. It's way more daunting than being 22 and trying to put that life on hold. It just is. You've got mort- mortgages, pets, insurance older parents, whatever it is. Um, so it was really kind of all that planning stuff and then, um, how to take some of those experiences and market them back into your career hunt, assuming you were returning. Cause we've always assumed that the life cycle of a career break is you, yes, you return. So that's how it all started. And then a couple of years later in 2010, we started doing these. I was, I was on this kick where I'm like, Oh, I'm sick of blogs. And I think it's so important to meet in person. And when you're making these decisions, these big life decisions, it's so important to have people to talk to and to surround yourself by real people who can really inspire you and so on. So we came up with this, let's do events. Um, And we started these meetups, basically, offering the same stuff, inspiration, planning, advice, and a chance now to meet face-to-face with people who've done it and kind of really start to build your support structure in person, because I think it's quite important. And the events have taken all kinds of different uh, formats since then. Sometimes we do a really big workshop, big events. Uh, Sometimes we just, we hold meetups all the time in New York City, about once a quarter in some other cities. We're just trying to start one up in Denver. We're going to start that in November, um, because I had some people that are like all excited about it. So I said, great, let's do it. And it's something that I kind of run on the side as a passion project, honestly. And um, so I always think, like, if I actually devoted myself full time to it, like, what could what could be done? But I'm traveling all over, so it's kind of right. <laughs> but so that's the idea. And then we also so we offer events um, where you can meet people, and then we also offer a uh, some classes. So career break planning class, um, just you know, kind of email based 
online based, um, but it's great. It's like plan your career break in 30 days, just sign up. You get an email every day with all this information. And then we also have turned that into, if you want it immediately, we've turned that into a book, an ebook that you can just download all the information at once. So that's what we've provided so far. That's all you need there for career break yeah. stuff. And um, <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll have it in, you know, American, North American terms, not like it's a resume. while whilst <laughs> instead of while or, you know, all that stuff. Um, whilst you're on your vacation, it's like, no, while I'm on my vacation, I can't even say it how they say it. But I, I just had to do a script with a British producer. And yeah, he kept putting that in there and I had to keep changing it. Like I'm reading the script, I'm recording. I'm like, uh, there was like eight different words that I had to keep changing. And it just reminded me like, oh yeah, we, we talk differently. Guys, check that out, meetplango.com, right, Sherry? Yes, that yeah, is meet, it. Meetplango.com. And it is, it's just cool because I, I, like you, think that you can learn a lot online and, and you can follow blogs and you can follow people's websites. You can get a lot of inspiration you can get a lot of motivation, but you're missing the in-person element that just has to exist sometimes. You just have to make deeper connections. Even if that isn't in-person, even if that's like in a community, like a smaller community where you're interacting and then hopefully meet in person. And that's what we try to do in our community at Location India. It's like, let's all like help each other here in a small community. And then hopefully then we'll meet in person at different events because it just it solidifies it so much more. It, it holds you accountable to what you say you're going to do in a way. And, and I, when I decided to, when we decided to kind of make that switch into in-person stuff, I, it really came out of this idea of, I used to train for marathons. And when I trained for marathons, my best way to do it, at least when I first started doing it, was to join a group. Because when they said, okay, we're going to do a long run on Saturday and everyone has to be here at 6 a.m., it's like, oh, I got to be there at 6am. Like, okay, otherwise, I would have never probably got up and did it. So it holds you accountable to the things that you say that you're going to do. And you've got people kind of checking in on you. Like, how's the how's your career break planning coming? Where are you going to go next? What have you decided? Did you decide to go to India? Or, you know, like, so it's important. And especially because when you go out into your regular social circles and say, into your family and say, I'm going to take a career break, I'm quitting my job, and I'm going to go travel for six months or a year or whatever. You're going to have some naysayers. You're going to have people that are like, what? Is that a good idea? And for every one of those, you need to be able to go back to people who support you and who are like, yes, this is a great idea. You need that. You Otherwise, need you're not going to get over that fear hurdle. I could not agree more. I actually got an amazing email the other day from a girl named Leslie who said, you know, no one, she's, she's getting ready to travel. Right. And she, I think she was le like, she was leaving that day and I got the email yesterday. So I guess she's on the plane said she's listened to all the podcasts. So Leslie, this is for you. But same, same thing. She was like, no one understands me. Like everyone thinks this is crazy. I always talk about doing stuff. I always dream about it. I never, ever, ever follow through. And you know, that could be any of us. Like I've said, I said that to myself for years. And now people might look at me and be like, oh, Trav, you do this and that. But I mean, for years, I said that to myself. And she said, like, because of the podcast, like, you've been the inspiration. No one wants me to do it, but I'm going to do it. And I need it. And I, that wasn't my, you know, I hope that happens to the podcast, but I never imagined that it would be such a strong connection, right? I didn't know who Leslie was, but it's, you need something to hang, grab onto. And if you get that, that can pull you through a lot of stuff that you never, ever would have done. I think we both have seen that, right, Sherry, through our travels oh, and our businesses yes. and everything, because there are times where I sit back, I think, like, what am I doing? 
and you know, as, as independent and solo as I am, you cannot do it on your own. You can't, there may be little bursts of things that you can do by yourself, but eventually you need other people. You just do. Yeah. And they <laughs> could come in all forms. And some of the people that I'm closest with now, I didn't even know like two or three years ago. And now every day we're calling each other every other day. Like, are you working on this? Are you doing this? You know, forming these groups, a lot of it around entrepreneurship, some of it around travel, although with that, I have Heather. And whenever I go crazy when I'm on the road, as everyone listens to this podcast knows, <laughs> Heather's there to like mellow me out. But it's like it, you're going to have those times. Every single person will have them. And you need that support system. And maybe it is just you can get that from even just listening to podcasts. Maybe it is joining a community. Maybe it's an in-person thing. Whatever it is, find it and latch on to it. Yeah. And can I borrow Heather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think she's that. ready to uh, to move on for me anyway. So, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, like we said, we've done some podcasts. We're pretty open. And it's like, you know, we'll both go crazy about different things. And you need someone to balance you out. And I'm... I can't believe that you're able to do it. Let's talk a little bit about that because you've been traveling solo for, for nine years now. And I know you meet up with people and you have friends all over the world now, of course. What do you do to, I don't want to say stay sane, but what do you do when you have those thoughts and doubts? You're burnt out or you're just like, man, I want to be in a house and go into a job that someone <laughs> just tells me what to do. And I am like a monkey pressing the keys. Cause I have those thoughts like every week, like just give me something yeah. normal, please. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a good answer yet after all these years. Um, but it's funny cause I've just, I'm kind of going through that slightly right now where it's, and I just wrote this when I arrived last night, I just kind of wrote a little thing around like, I'm solo and I'm independent and I've lived my whole life like that. But there are just times where you want someone else to take control <laughs> and, and help you make decisions or bounce things off of. And I said, you know, you just feel like you're in a puddle of neediness at times. And I don't know, the times pass for me. <laughs> like It does pass. A lot of it is talking to other people kind of in this business that helps, helps me go, oh, other people go through this because you just feel like you're so alone sometimes. But it really, I think that is key to me that, you know, find those people that you can talk to that you realize that are kind of in the same thing. You need both, actually. You need people in the same thing so you can kind of understand, oh, wait a minute, what I'm going through is just normal. They go through this, even though it doesn't seem like it, because we all blog about, you know, puppies and lollipops and unicorns. And it's really hard sometimes to find the realness and to hear the downsides of the stories. I also think it's important to have kind of a support structure that has nothing to do with this world. In fact, that's really important because where I get, when I'm really, really down, where I get the most support and I feel better is going back to my old friends, which they're, they've dwindled in nine years, honestly, old friends who knew me before I ever started traveling, you know, back in New York or San Francisco, just being me and not being like this person whose life is online or whatever. It's just, and, and things can ground me there um, probably more than anything. So you need a little bit of both. I do yeah. think that's important. And, and I would also say too, what I've learned over the last year, uh, especially is 
maybe mentor is too strong of a word, but but it, someone who is above where you are or, or like what you're striving to get to or someone you want to emulate. And both of us know um, Sean Keener at Boots On. He's someone that, you know, I don't talk to him that often, but I look up to what he does because he's ahead of where I am and he's been doing it much longer. And so you have these few people that you look up to like that. And I used to look at it and it was... It was motivating, but it was also very deflating because you're like, why are they doing this? Oh my gosh, I can't believe like I should be doing this, blah, 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 blah. And like your mind's going crazy, right? So for like a week, you don't do anything. You're paralyzed. So now I've like, I, I've been able to do a pretty good job at stepping out of it and saying, okay, well, well, why are they ahead of what you're doing? Is it because they're working harder? Maybe, but probably not. It's probably that they've been doing it for five years longer or 10 years longer, or they're doing something different. You know, like it's not exactly the same path. And so I've been able to really use that as motivation. Whereas before I, I'd be like intrigued and halfway motivated, but I also be really discouraged. And yeah, recently I, I just said like, man, you are doing what you're doing. Stick to that, but use that as something to shoot for at least. Yes. I think that's really great advice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't have to be someone that you have a, even a personal relationship with. It, it helps if it does, but it can just be someone you follow and, and maybe you reach out to them. And maybe it's this, you know, it's not a mentor like, oh, I call them every week. And, you know, maybe it is a coach. I know a lot of people have coaches and that's great. I don't particularly, but it could just be this let's touch base every six months or every three months type thing. Or, and if you can't get that, then just follow someone online and, you know, strive for what they achieve. Yeah, I think it's just really important, or at least for my personality, though, to, if I'm going to follow someone online, to just really keep in perspective that the stuff that that people are showing you is generally 80% of the good stuff. And I think for me, what helps me most is talking and hearing kind of like that not everything always goes as planned and that, you know, they struggle with things or whatever. And I think that's really important to get that real perspective because quite frankly, I'm a culprit too. I put up stuff, wonderful stuff about all the great stuff I'm doing and travels and, you know, and it looks great, but they don't see that, you know, like yeah, yeah, I'm sleeping on friends' couches and, right. you know, eating tomato soup. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's part of it too. Um, when I'm not traveling, I live very, very frugally. And, and so it's just important to see that. And actually t- tomorrow on my nine year anniversary, I actually have a blog post that I'm working on today. Yet. Nice. Well, it'll be out by the time this podcast <laughs> yeah. is out guys. So Let's see, there's, there's my, like the day before I'm yeah, rapidly I- working on it like normal. Um, anyway, I'm working on it and it's, it's really long. <laughs> I'll warn anyone. But it's really about nine years. It's like, this is me after nine years. And I've done this from the beginning of my Ots World blog. Because um, on Ots World, it's really the personal blog of, of where I travel in all these kind of epic, some epic adventures, some not so. But it's been this whole process of me becoming this nomad. But um, from the beginning, I had a like, this is me then. So back in 2006, I have that original post of why I was kind of doing this and who I was or who I thought I was. And then after the one year of travel, I did one. And then after two years, I did one. And after six years, I did one. And now it's been since then, since I've kind of done one of these. So I'm doing it for nine years. Anyway, I'm working on this and I'm reading through it. And I'm like, wow, I sound really bummed out, <laughs> which I do, you know, but it's the truth. It's sometimes it's the truth. It's not, I can't tell you that nine years of living like this is 
wonderful all the time. It's wonderful most of the time, but it has a lot of things. And after nine years, there's a lot of things that kind of also happen and degrade and, you know, all kinds of things. So, you know, it's not the, it's not the really super positive post that maybe people might expect, but it's, it's real. I love that, as you've mentioned, way more than the other type of posts. Not that everyone should write whatever they want, but and that's what we try to do on the podcast is like, let's bring people on who are going to inspire you. But, you know, Heather and I are very honest and open of like how much we fight on the road, how, <laughs> why, why we fight, you know, like how hard it's been to not have a home base for five years. Like that, our goal is to pull the veil off it so that at least people know what they're getting into. Like, will we encourage anyone to do it? Yes, because we're still doing it. We still love it. There's a reason for that. Because we get to do what we want. We don't have to answer to anyone. We're creating stuff that we love. We're helping other people out. Like, there's a multitude of reasons of why it's amazing. But there's also a lot that sucks. And I hate when people don't admit it. But I can't get anyone else to admit it. Well, I do get people to admit on this podcast. But, you know, it, that's that's up for them to decide. And that's why we try to do it. And that's why I'm so glad that you do, too. Because if you think that it's going to be perfect or, or almost always awesome and then you get into it, you know, when you hit that, you're going to say, well, oh, Trav doesn't ever experience this. He must be doing something right. I'm doing something wrong. Then you think you're doing something wrong. You're not at all. It's just that people aren't talking about it sometimes. Yeah. And we were even talking before we started recording this. And it's like, oh, it's so good to hear this from someone else. You know, you're struggling with this. Or we whatever. haven't chatted for a year. And and I think some of the struggles that you're going through, are some of the struggles that we've gone through, and and a lot of that comes with, and and we'll touch on this, is is not having something to ground you like a home base. Like, yes, it's great to travel around. But our biggest struggle, is, as most people know who are listening, has been when we come home to Philly, it's like, all right, we're staying with Heather's sister in a, in a bedroom in her two-bedroom apartment. We're staying with my parents in a random bedroom. You know, it's like, A, we couldn't get stuff done at, you know, work-wise, and B, then you're home and you just feel like lost. And you're almost like, I want to get back on the road, even though I want to be around people because I don't have my own space. And so, you know, we just moved back into our house through a series of funny events and we're here and we've been here for a month and we've been knocking down walls and painting and doing all this and now we're just like all right we're gonna make it work we want a home base we need to have a home base this is gonna be it and when we're away we're gonna airbnb it and i think that you're at that spot too where you're like i i want to try to find some semblance of a home base Yes, absolutely. And I've been saying that actually for about three years. <laughs> but I well, maybe I can kick you in the butt then. I know. Every year I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I get hung up on the first question, which is, okay, where's it going to be? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And then I just kind of forget about it. Or I try to forget about it because I can't answer that question. And I keep on doing what I've been doing, <laughs> which is, but, and then I get to that breaking point again and we go through the cycle again. But yes, I would love to have a home base because you're right. It's, it's kind of like, and I, I always kind of equate this to, you know, when you're, when you're working out of someone else's home, whether it be your family's or your friends or whatever, um, it, you know, yeah, you don't have a space that's, that's your own to do work. And we work probably a greater percentage of the time than what most people think, because you just see, you don't see me working on Facebook. You see me cruising yes. and seeing polar bears. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so, you know, if I put up pictures of me working, it wouldn't be too exciting, but the amount of time I work is actually a lot. And so I always imagine it. Like if I were back in my old life and had a cubicle, like it would be like not having walls and people just walking through, like it would be like working in the bathroom 
people coming through all the time and talking to you and just distracting you or whatever. Um, then there's also this for me, maybe you go through this, this poll of when I am staying with friends and family and I haven't seen them for a while, I, I need to be social. Like I can't sit around and work the whole time yet. I really want to, cause this is my time to get work done. And I have this tug of war. That's just horrible. And it's the amount of guilt I feel and I'm not Catholic is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, we just were at the I don't know how you've done it for nine years because we've done it for two and we were just at the end of our rope and we're like, we know the next step is getting home base. Now, like you, it was kind of pushed off, pushed off, pushed off because you had to make a decision where and this and that. And then it happened that the house we were renting out, the people were moving out and we just happened to be flying in that day and we're like, well, I guess this is it. So that worked. But you know what's funny hearing you say like, I don't know where, what's so neat, I think about, we, we teach people like we teach location independence and travel, you teach career breaks and, and the same type of stuff, you know, and, and we can teach other people how to do it. But when it comes to us, it's very hard. And I've said, you know, make the life that you want, like whatever it is, figure out how to do it. And just in the last month, I'm like, well, why wouldn't I Airbnb my place? I, I like, I rent Airbnb places all over the world. Why have I never come to this realization that maybe I should give it a try? Like, what's the worst that happened? I try for a month and we don't get anyone or two months and we pay a mortgage. Like, okay, boo-hoo. Like, but if it works, all of a sudden we're sitting on this gold mine of, wait, now I can travel, not pay a mortgage, have a home base. It's not all going to be roses, but it's pretty close to exactly what I want. Yeah. And I, it's so funny. It was just staring you right there in the face because the beginning I said to you, I'm like, what? You own a home and you could have been renting this thing out? Like you could have been living there and having a home base. What have you been doing for the last five years? Like you're crazy. So, And I interviewed your friend Charlie who does that exact same thing in New York City. Now she rents her place, but has a cool landlord. And she told me like, this was like a year and a half ago. And I, I, you know, the wheels went in motion then. And I still, because it's a, it's some work, right? It's like, I got to put a posting. I got to get the renters out. I got to fix it up. And you just, you take the easiest path, or the path you know. It might not be the easiest, but it's the path you know. But it is really crazy how we can dish out the advice, but not take our own. And it's a, it's human nature. We do it in everything, whether it's relationships, work, or this. It's just how it happens. So, yeah. So you're going to get an apartment somewhere <laughs> with a cool landlord. You're going to start renting it out. Heather and I will travel <laughs> and pay you Airbnb money. You can come here <laughs> to Philadelphia. You know, I mean, because it is... It's this opportunity. I, I was talking to my uncle about Airbnb the other day, and, and he owns a ton of apartments. He doesn't Airbnb, and he rents them long term. I'm like, it's almost as if someone said to you back in the day, like, hey, there's this thing called hotels. I know they're kind of new, but like, you can have this place, and people come and stay in it, and you can make good money. Pay you money. Da, da, da. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, people know about it, and especially people listening to this know about apartment rentals, and we're all kind of keen to it, but so many people don't. And I'm just like, let's give this a shot, because if it works, and you get the systems in place, it is, it's pretty incredible the stuff you can do. And Jasper Rivers, who was uh, part of the Paradise Pack, just like you, Sherry, who has the Airbnb guide, like a course and all. I mean, he told me, he's like, I made $50,000 over my mortgage last year by renting my place out on Airbnb. And it's like insane. Now, it's taken him three years to like work out the kinks. So it's not like I'm expecting that. But his first year, he paid his mortgage and he was able to live there some of the time. And I'm like, it's not rocket science. Like we know what travelers <laughs> want, right? I mean, we are yeah. that. Yeah. So we stay in these places all the time. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. 
And I was super worried because like you, I'm like, well, where should it be? I don't love Philadelphia. I want to be in Portland. I want to be in San Francisco. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter because wherever I am and have the home base, I can leave from there. Like if it's working, I just go and rent someone else's apartment in Portland and I rent mine out here. So I don't know. I'm going to talk you into it. I'm going to talk you into it. I need, I know because it really is. I get caught up on the where thing and I just, I, I paralyzed. And I've been, one of the things I've also been kind of thinking about is, but I think I've, I've probably made this so big and complicated that it's why I can't get over it either is, uh, I want to, I've been really enamored with tiny houses. And so I've been thinking about building a little tiny house somewhere out in the nature yeah. where <laughs> uh, they don't know that you're living. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically. <laughs> so you don't pay and, and, uh, uh, right. And so on and upsize from my little storage unit into my tiny house. <laughs> Um, and I've been thinking about that, but then once again, I'm like, where, where the where question is horrible for me, but put it on yeah, wheels and, uh, you can figure it out. A good buddy of mine, Ethan, who was on the podcast way back when is now like kind of big in the tiny house movement. And he put it in Vermont and he lives there and loves it. And you know, it's all paid off and he was inspired to do it when he took a, a bike trip. Like he wasn't a big traveler and he took a bike trip down the West coast. He thought, this is awesome. I don't want to like have a house that I'm indebted to. I'm going to build a tiny house. I have no idea how to build it. He just taught himself and then brought in a carpenter because he was messing it up some. And, uh, and you know, I think build it for like 30000 and has it on a plot of land that like he doesn't pay anything for. And um, now he, he loves it. So I don't know. So many options, right? I know. That's the thing, right? Like I do this thing uh, where I travel with my nieces um, and it's called the Niece Project. And I, I write about it all the time on Ots World. But I have six nieces, no nephews. And when they turn, I don't want to get them stuff because I don't like buying them stuff. Uh, They have too much. And when they turn 16, they get to choose anywhere they want to go in the world and I take them. And then we do this aunt-niece trip. And for me, it's a way to build a relationship with them. I don't have kids. I don't plan to have kids. So like they're my lifeline as I get older. So that's important to me. And it's also a way to kind of be a travel mentor to them in a way, because I didn't have that. Like I said, I wasn't 30 or I was 30 until I, you know, finally got out of the country. So, um, but that question, and I used to think, oh, what a great thing. And everyone goes, oh, that's so cool that they get to do this. But to ask someone that question, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And especially at 16 years old, it's daunting. And some of them, a couple of them so far have really struggled with it and it's been stressful and difficult to figure that out. And, um, it's kind of the same thing for me when people say, okay, well, where do you want your home base to be? It's like, Oh, I, I've been so many places. I don't know. They're all great. And, and, you know, I have this like, but if I settle down somewhere, then I have to stay, but I know that I don't, I don't know what my issue is. I, I, that was the same thought in my head. If I move back in my house, I have to stay. And then I'm like, why are you even thinking you are, (laughs) Uh, like slap some sense into yourself. I, I know <laughs> it is. It's daunting when you think of it in your own life, but I think having and and that's why I think it's so important that like that we talk and that we connect and that other people have these communities because it's someone else can say, "Listen, man, I like I can say to you, I just did it. I had that exact same thought a month ago, and now I'm feeling so much better, like in my soul, right? Like my, I feel so relaxed knowing I have this place. And if I go away in September, you know, we leave in a few days, and we go to South Africa for twenty days, and no one's in here to pay the mortgage. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, is that worth eight hundred, nine hundred bucks? I mean. Probably because what I felt the last month and the work I've been able to get done because I'm in my own place is worth it. And 
probably we will get someone in. So it's incredible. Well, and the other thing for me, like once you've done it this long, been homeless this long, and I'm uh, quite a bit older than you. Um, so there are other things that you have to take into account. Like one of the things that I've decided after nine years, it's like, I got to really think about my health. Like I have insurance and I go and see doctors every now and then, but it's like, I'm getting older and I've got to like take care of teeth and things like that. <laughs> like it's just stupid yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like grown up like, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because I am 45 and I probably need to think about that stuff. And, and you know, having a home base, that that's something that can help you kind of do that and getting back into a routine of like, maybe I should have, you know, like start an exercise routine again and stuff like that. Like there, I used to really poo poo routines, but they're good. They are good. And, and, and there's value to them. Um, and I think that would, that's really important. And I think, like I said, this longevity, five years for you, nine years for me is, is start different things start to pop up and it's just not always natural to be homeless. Right. I have become certainly not a slave to routine case in point i woke up at like 11 a.m yesterday but i i have really seen the value in routine and for me it really helps and what heather and i are, are working towards you know this evolution of you know okay we want to travel so we travel all the time and, and then we're homeless but it's like it's good and it's it's hard but it's fun and now we're evolving into like all right well we want a home base so we can have some routine because i've seen that it's really it's helped me then when I do get to travel or when I, which is quite often, you know, to, to not struggle as much with that pull that you were talking about when you were at home, but also pull on the road of, I'm at this amazing place. I want to live this, I, you know, I want to soak this in, but oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. You know, it's an ongoing struggle. I don't think we'll ever really kick it, but it really helps when you have a home base because then when you're there, you're like, all right, let me dig in. Let me get this done. Let me do all the things I should be doing, whether that's exercise and routine, whether that's work, whether that's going to the doctor. And then when I'm out traveling, it's like I can just experience this again as a traveler. And yeah, there's probably some work thrown in, but it's not like suppressing the fun of it. Yeah. You know, it's just interesting. I hadn't thought about this until right now. I get really fascinated with nomadic life, like old nomadic life. So one of my favorite places in the world is Mongolia because that nomadic life is still alive and well once you get out of Ulaanbaatar. Um, and it's fascinating to me, but yet now that I think about it, it's, they still have routine. They move, the families move three times a year to the same plots of land. I mean, there's like an understood process there, um, for how the animals graze. It's just not willy nilly. They don't just pick up and move, you know? And so even these great cultures of, you know, that are nomadic, there's some routine to that. There's some kind of home base in a way. Right. And there has to be because they're not going to say, oh, let's just walk our village and our herd 500 miles to the west and hope there's something good there. <laughs> they, have a, they have a winter place, a, a fall grazing place. Uh, they do. They move to the same sort of areas all within um, somewhere within, you know, not more than like 20 kilometers apart, actually, even. Um, so there's... There are some processes there that it's actually good for me to think about. <laughs> Let's. We need to start taking our life lessons from the ancient Mongols. <laughs> there we go. Real quick, I want to touch on this because I ask everyone this question, and I, I mentioned it kind of near the top of the show. 
But we talk about biggest travel mishaps, and we have done a great job of tell, showing people through our stories that we're not, you know, people think, oh, they're these perfect travelers and everything goes right. And we've certainly blasted through that idea. But do you have any specific examples of mishaps that have happened to you? They've, you know, probably been your own fault, but something that happened that looking back on is a funny story. In the moment, might have been funny, might not have been, but it's just one of these things like, yeah, you made a mistake. You got stuck in Singapore because your passport was too full. That's mine. You know, like, did has anything happened over those nine years that, that's just a funny memory? Oh, goodness. Um, I hate these questions. <laughs> um, there's a couple that come to mind. I don't know if they quite fit what you're asking for. So you can either take the drunken gin story or the... Airbnb story. Well, which, we've touched on both I know, now. But give, I just decide. It's like choose your own adventure. All right, give us the uh, the drunken gin story. Oh, this one's an embarrassing one. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and it's not even that. It's not a huge mishap at all. It's just something funny that that one would think at forty five years old I wouldn't be doing anymore. But I was in Barcelona in Catalonia and I was drinking lots of gin. Barcelona is the most dangerous city in the world to me, not because of pickpockets or anything else, but it's the place where I often get the most drunk and I'm not really sure how. <laughs> I, I can venture a guess how. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's because, you know, they, they have this later night culture because I try to blame it on the fact that you just eat tapas so you don't really have enough food in you kind of thing. So, you know, <laughs> it's not my fault. It's theirs. But, <laughs> but I was out. It was the last night before uh, I was supposed to be heading out. I had been there for a month and I was out and I was seeing friends and we went out for tapas and, and started drinking some gin and had more gin and tonics and more gin and tonics and more gin and tonics. And at two or three in the morning, I'm wandering home to my hotel. Um, and I have to leave the next morning at eight and I haven't packed or anything. And I'm like, okay, I just need to sleep. I'll get up early and go. And I had to go to Indianapolis. I had a Barcelona to Indianapolis flight. And normally I'm very organized about all this stuff, but passed out, got up early. I'm like, holy crap. I'm sure I was still drunk and managed to shower, pack stuff up, Pretty quickly, I had bought my favorite bottle of gin called Dragon Gin from Catalonia. It's a cardamom-flavored gin, and I love cardamom. And I wrapped it up in this jacket that was given to me, like a winter jacket. And I put it, and I secured it in my suitcase the best I could. And off I go. I grab a taxi, and I get in the taxi, and I'm like, I don't feel good <laughs> at all. And, you know, traffic in Barcelona trying to get from downtown to the airport. So I'm like window down, trying to get air. I'm like, how am I not going to puke in this taxi? <laughs> so we, I somehow made it. I don't know how. Like That was mind over matter there. Maybe that was my 45 years of experience. There you go. We get, to the, we get to the airport, and I'm like eyeing, like, where can I go and vomit? <laughs> because I know I'm going to have to. And I see a, a garbage can off to the left in the departure lane. And my friend who was with me, He's paying for the taxi. I like slip out. I'm across the street, vomiting in the in the garbage can at eight in the morning in Barcelona. Yay! And um, my friend's paying, and he's looking for me. I'm like, I'm over here puking. And we get on. It was good because then I actually got through security. I felt better for a while. 
But I ended up dry, or ended up flying that whole day, 13 hours, so hungover. And I had been planning on doing all this work. It was a horrible decision. So hungover. So hungover. I finally get to Indianapolis, uh, you know, hours and hours later. I'm just so tired. I just want like a Big Mac <laughs> to go to bed. And I open up my bag and the bottle of gin has shattered and the whole thing smells like gin. And of course, once you've been, you're hung over, all you smell is the alcohol smell. And I'm like, I about had to vomit again. So yeah, that was my really like stupid packing, drinking, flying story. Don't ever do that. Not smart. <laughs> well, I love it because we started the show off talking about gin. We ended the show talking about gin, neither of which I thought would happen. Um, and it is one thirty here. So as soon as I'm done, maybe I can pour myself a drink. Um, you you know, you're only a couple hours behind. Oh, we'll, I'll be on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll let it slide for you. Cher, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. You know, coordinating our schedules has taken about a year now, That's which is right. pretty insane to think about. Um, mostly Sherry's fault. She travels more than me, guys. Uh, no, just kidding. And I can't thank you enough for coming on, for inspiring others, you know, to travel, to think differently about their career, you know, really start to dig in and figure out what they want and make that happen. And also being so honest about the fact that we certainly don't have it figured out. Like we're doing what we want, but it is an ongoing process. It is an evolution. You know, it's not just, oh, I figured it out and now I'm flying high. You just continue to do it. So I really, really appreciate that. Remind people one more time how they can come connect with you, where they can find you. Uh, they can find me at meetplango.com if you want to know all about career breaks and get the free planning classes and stuff like that. Maybe join us for an event. We have an event coming up in New York at the end of September, and we're starting one in Denver in November. Um, and then you can also find me if you want to hear all like just my travel antics and more stories about gin. <laughs> you can find me at otsworld.com. Um, and I've been blogging there since 2006. There is a lot of stuff. <laughs> and you're super, super active on social media. You're someone who oh, yeah. I need to take social media like advice and classes from because you're always putting stuff up there. So how can they find you there? Uh, let's see. On Instagram and Twitter, I am at Otsworld. And uh, on Facebook, I'm Otsworld Travel. Awesome. And oh, on Pinterest, I'm at Otsworld. So it's pretty simple. At Otsworld. There you go. Yeah. And guys, I highly recommend you check out Meet, Play, and Go. If you are thinking about career break or you know anyone who would be interested, you know, if, if people have been telling you about this and you're listening to this, maybe you're not even interested in career break for whatever reason, let them know about it. It's a fantastic resource. You can get all that stuff for free. You get that daily email. You get the ebook, things like that. And also, yeah, check out Odds World, one of the premier travel blogs in the world. Sherry will not is very humble about it. Um, it has a fantastic new design. Um, it looks awesome, Sherry. So check that out by Thank heading you. to oddsworld.com. When did that new design take place? July. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> yeah, pretty new. Early. So yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it looks fantastic. I want to also thank our wonderful sponsors, Tortuga Backpacks. Sherry knows Fred. Yay. We're both good friends with Fred, who's the founder of Tortuga Backpacks. You guys know that I travel all around in the world with that. So if you're interested, tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget, use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That'll get you 10% off your entire order. Thank you, Sherry, once again for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been great. I'm going to go find my, my home base. That's right. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in again today. Thanks for the continued support and for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. Until next time, happy free travels. <laughs>